Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. Change our world. Amen? Yeah? We want to change our world. We want to, we may have heard it another way, we want to make a difference. Because if we're here and, and the, the, the town doesn't even know we're here and, and maybe we shut up and, and the town didn't even notice it, we wouldn't be succeeding as a church, would we? We want to make a difference. Uh, we want to change our world. Now, I know we've got at least one euphoric England fan here. We've probably got a few more. Yeah, excited about that. And I know you guys may be thinking, all is well with the world. Um, nothing can go wrong. I even had a guy at work saying, I don't care if I get sacked or whatever. If England win the World Cup, anything can happen. I'm fine. All is well with the world if England win the World Cup. But the reality is, you know, we know um, that our world is, is a great world, but our world also does need change. And God has, has, has mandated us uh, to change our world um, and, and, and really make a difference. Obviously, all of us are aware of the fact that with or without us, our world is changing, right? The world is changing around us. And I don't know if I can get a show of hands. Who has been living in Mansfield or the surrounding area for, say, uh, 20 years, 30 years? Yeah, there's quite a lot of hands. Have you guys noticed a difference? Yeah? Okay, hands, is it mostly good difference or bad difference? Good difference? Yeah, there's some goods, probably some bads as well. I think we can probably both, you know, raise our hands for both, can't we? There's some things that have changed which are amazing, um, some things probably which have changed for the worse. But one thing is for sure that our, 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 our world is changing. I'm fairly new in town and probably wouldn't see as much change as you guys, but even over the last two years, I would have seen some things changing because change is inevitable, Change is also an opportunity in a a way that, you know, the world changes. It's an opportunity for us to to make a mark too. Um, You see, really without change, things do stagnate and and probably eventually without change, things would would die. Most people do resist change, but the most successful people and organizations would embrace change uh, and, and make positive changes. And so, you know, we can do two things as church. We can be swept along with the current uh, of, of change, or we can be part of the forces for change in, in our community. You see, we can make a difference, or we can sometimes just be swept along uh, with the current of change. Perhaps we can even be in a position where we just anchor our feet and say, no, I'm not allowing any change. I'm not changing, and I'm not going with the change. I'm just standing firm. So there's different attitudes that we can have to change. But we are called to be a force for change uh, in our world, and that's something God has called us to do. But we have to ask ourselves really from the outset is, uh, do we want change? Because a lot, of us, a lot of us probably don't want change. A lot of us probably want to just stick where we are. We're quite comfortable in our comfort zone, as it were. But, you know, we need to be people who are desperate for change, who are, are wanting to see change, not people who just always talk about the good old days. You see, there's two forms of change. It can be progressive change. You know, change is, is happening for the future. Or sometimes we can caught up, be caught up in, in saying, I want regressive change. So I just want to go back to the good old days because the good old days were better. 
And so we can easily be uh, those type of people where it's changed going back. But the reality is the good old days are never coming back. We need to be a church which moves with the times. We need to be a church that some things don't change, but we need to embrace change and be a force for positive change. Are you with me? Yeah. You see, in a world of change, uh, it's important for us as Christians to understand that some things don't change. Some things are, are not up for negotiation. I think we can think of those. Our God never changes. God's word should never change. We don't adapt it. We don't tweak it. We won't, don't change it. His word doesn't change. Our standards as Christians shouldn't change. Over time, it shouldn't change. The message of hope, the message of salvation uh, doesn't change. But some things do change, and, and it's important that we acknowledge that. So as church, our methods might change. Our style might change. Our surroundings uh, would definitely change. And so we just need to check our attitude to change, that we as a church will, will have the wisdom to say, I'm not changing these things. These things are forever. But you know what? We're going to move with the times as well, and we're going to be a force of change. And so there's this balance that we have that's so important because we can easily as a church be so stuck on the side of I'm never changing that we actually become irrelevant to the culture around us. Yeah? You can think of many examples of that. You know, we could, we could sing 100 years old hymns, but the reality is some people like them, but the majority of the people don't. The majority of the people who don't know Jesus have no relation to those songs. So we try to make it modern. We have a great worship band. We try to be contemporary uh, because, you know what, those are things that can change with time. Uh, but the word of God and our God himself never changes. So I just want to really just take a small section of scripture this morning uh, that you will be really familiar with. Um, and I just want to focus in on that this morning. You see, there was a group of men who were world changers, who changed their world like probably no other group uh, had done. I say men and women, uh, but Jesus' disciples, we know them as the 12, but there was obviously a larger group around them as well, um, were a group that changed the world forever. You know, we're probably still experiencing some of the effects of that change that they brought. And, and listen what, to what Jesus said to them uh, in Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20. These are the instructions he gave them. Very simple. If you've been in church for a while, you'll know the words well. It says this, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Now I've heard uh, many, many sermons preached on this particular text. My father was a missionary and, and uh, we traveled extensively with my dad and um, both when he was in South Africa and in Namibia. And, um, you know, a lot of the time, th this was, this was a, 
an encouragement he brought as a missionary to a church when he was traveling around different churches. And I've probably heard this preached so many times uh, in so many different ways, but it's a powerful word. It's the word of God. And I just want to really just unpack that a little bit in a very practical way. I don't think you're going to learn anything today that you've never heard before, but listen to this. God needs to remind us as children of God, he often needs to remind us of things. You see, I've got kids and I wish I I had to say it once and they'd get it. The reality is they don't. In fact, I, I don't know if I can even Certainly not on, on, one, on two hands. I can't count the amount of times uh, I have to say things again and again because we as, as children of God need to be reminded of things uh, just like kids, normal earthly kids do. And, and so, you know, the word that, that jumps out straight away is that word go. You see the, the Great Commission, that's a key word is the word Go. We know it in, in Arena as, you know, it's part of what we do here. Go and grow, love and serve our community. But go is a word that talks about coming out of our comfort zone. It could mean going geographically, but it doesn't have to mean going geographically. But what it does mean is it means going from our comfort zone, going to our neighbors, going to our streets, going to the places that probably aren't comfy and easy places to be, but God calls us to go. Follow the call of God. Do what God is asking you to do. You see, staying in our comfort zone doesn't change the world. Doing the same old thing time and time again, never taking risks to step out doesn't change the world. Waiting just for the world to come to us is not the way. God calls us to go. Go into the world. Find the people that are lost. Find the people that need to hear the message of hope that we have. Going involves risk-taking. It involves stepping out, not staying safe. It's actually very exciting to go, but it can also be daunting and scary to go. But the message in the Bible talks about it time and time again. Jesus calls to He asked fishermen to lay aside their fishing boats and go. God said to Elisha, put aside your plows and go and follow Elijah. Abraham was called to go to a land that he didn't even know yet. God just said, go in obedience to me. I'll show you where you're going, but go. You see, so often we tend to settle in our comfort zones. All of us are like that. We'd rather stay than go. But God asks us to not just leave that to a few people who are missionaries, but all of us are meant to go. All of us are meant to get up off our chairs at the end of the service and go into all the world and make a difference. He says go and he says make disciples. You see, today we're celebrating people who are committing their lives to Jesus, going through the waters of baptism, and that's That's amazing, Um, but that's the beginning of a journey. God calls us to go and share the gospel and see people saved. Yes, and we celebrate that. But he says, go and make disciples. So there's more in that. There's the commitment to Jesus, and there's teaching people to live according to God's precepts. And, and, And you know what? It's not left to the pastor of the church or the leaders or the elders. Every one of us has a role to play in making disciples, people 
who follow Jesus, whose lives are transformed, whose minds are changed, their habits are changed. The Holy Spirit obviously does that, but we are the tools that he uses to bring about change. And, and the, the verses that we read talk about how we do that. And see, baptizing is, baptizing is a part of that. Teaching is a part of that. And so, you know, we're we, we talking about Thursday night, our teaching pastor, Bible school, all of these things. Can I encourage you? This is why we do Bible school on a Thursday night is because we believe we have a duty to to feed you guys, to build into you, and we can't always do all of that on a Sunday morning, but we put on other activities during the week where you can go and you can just really get in to the meat of God's Word and grow as Christians. And so I I would just encourage you to do that. But it also says, where does it say we should go to? It says, go to all nations. And another verse is in Acts chapter 1. Um, it says, go to Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So that's not just to Mansfield. That's not just to, to, to Nottinghamshire. It's, it's beyond. It's not just to our country, but it's beyond. You know, I love the fact, one of the things that I love about Arena Mansfield is, is, is that we've got so many cultures represented here. Um, it's, it's, well, to be honest with you, even just our family, we've got many cultures represented, South Africa, Brazil, Scotland. Um, and, uh, and I love the fact that we've got so many nations. And I believe and pray that that's going to happen even more and more. I know it's not maybe a normal thing for Mansfield, um, but I, I'm believing that that's going to happen more and more, that we're going to get different cultures, different peoples, different languages coming into our church. Can I tell you, if you're uncomfortable with that, you're going to be uncomfortable with heaven Uh, because the Bible says that's how it's going to be in heaven. Every nation and every tongue and every tribe praising God together. And I think the closest thing that we can get to heaven on earth is is a group of people from all different languages, tongues and tribes just praising the same God Brothers and sisters, with this communication, we may not be able to communicate in the same language, but you know what? We're all praising God because He's our Father. And so, you know, we're not only called to have that here within uh, Arena Mansfield, but um, we're called to lift our eyes up from our immediate community and look beyond. And, you know, we, we just honor um, Jared and Sam who just come back from Kenya. Um, and that, you know, it's not an arena thing that they did, but they went on their own steam and took time out of their own schedule to go to Kenya and be involved in missions. And, and, and you know what? That's not to, 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 to mean they're better than any one of us, but what they're doing is they're following what God asked them to do, and they're being obedient in that. Um, and, and, you know, each one of us have a different call, but we should lift up our eyes from just our own circumstances and look beyond uh, into the rest of the world. You know, in this, in this day with all the refugee crisis and, and, and everything going on with the Mediterranean and, you know, refugees coming across from, from Africa and we get that in America with Mexico and, and all of these things. You know, as Christians, we're called to, people, to be people that love. We're called to people, be people that care for people. Um, refugees, wherever they're coming from on those boats across the Mediterranean, uh, we're called to be different. You know that Jesus himself was a refugee? Do you know that? When um, his parents were fleeing uh, death and, and, and at the hands of Herod, and he traveled to, to Egypt um, and had to live there for a period of time, our very own Lord who lived here on earth was a refugee. 
And you know what? We're called to, to be the light, salt and light to all the nations. We need to be aware that the heart of Jesus is not just for Mansfield, not just for people like ourselves, but for people that are different. Every tribe, every tongue. We should be patriotic because, you know, England are great and doing fantastic in the World Cup. And we should be proud of, of our heritage. But we are to lift our eyes up and look to the nations. You know, on a Tuesday morning, we pray for the persecuted church around the world. And, and that's something we do because we believe God's eyes are upon these Christians in different locations, wherever they may be. We need to lift our eyes up. That's what Jesus asks us to do. It should be on our agenda for our friends and loved ones close by, but for those further afield as well, that we would always have soft hearts because that's what Jesus would have us do. So how do we do that? How do we go? How do we make disciples? How do we shed the message so far into the ends and corners of the earth? Well, we can do that through church, but uh, I think there's so many other ways we can do it too. You see, we're called to have a strong church that influences the world and serve day as a part of how we can influence the world and change the world. The church, you've probably heard it, you know, the church is the hope of the world. Um, but it's not just about pastors and missionaries. It's not just about volunteers going into our community and, and doing things under the banner of Arena and Serve Day. The reality is that we do that in so many other ways too. You know, we're called to influence government as well. And I'm praying that people are going to rise up, that Christians are going to rise up and be an influence in the, in the government through their um, th- through their jobs, uh, through their positions, that God is going to grow up, that we should be praying for our leaders, our council. We should be praying for our government leaders, our, our prime minister, whoever it may be. There's great organizations like the Christian Institute, which I would say get behind them because you know, they're doing great work lobbying and, and, and raising Christian concerns to, to government officials, pushing things that are important, we believe, are the heart of God. You've maybe heard of the, the seven pillars of, of society, and, and like it or not, the reality is true that church influences, government influences. There's an influence in, in arts and entertainment as well, and, and you know, we believe in that people are going to rise up. We've got people right here in this room today involved in arts and entertainment. We believe in that God's going to raise up even more people that are going to, to, to be taking Jesus' name with them as they go and, and play in gigs or as they are on the football field, whatever it may be. You know, I loved, I'm biased, of course, but I loved the 2002 World Cup um, because Brazil won it. And, and obviously the guys took off their shirts and there was Lucio and Kaká and they had, I belong to Jesus on their shirts. And, and, and you know, just irrespective of which country you support, I just think, thank you, Jesus. There's somebody right there in the midst of, of sports and culture and entertainment giving glory to God. May God raise up more and more people like that, even in, you know, in the England team, whoever, Belgium, France, wherever it may be. Because the reality is we've probably got more high-profile sportsmen these days that are Muslims than, than Christians. We believe in that God is going to raise up people to influence and in, in arts, entertainment, sports, and education. Christian teachers in our school. You know, some of us involved in education here. You know, and I'm believing that you guys are going to be there as a pillar. You guys are going to be there as an influence, a godly influence in education, in the curriculum, but especially in the individual kids' lives. 
you know that the church and, and Christian organizations, when, you know, being from Africa myself, so many of the, the, the best universities and schools in Africa are founded as church schools originally. And, you know, that's the biggest, um, one of the great effects that, that Christianity brought to Africa was just bringing education uh, and, and establishing these, these institutions. And, you know, we're called to make a difference in education. In business, some of us maybe in business, ethical standards in the business place, making a stand in a difficult uh, circumstances where you, you maybe have the temptation to compromise, but God says, no, stand for me. Stand for my moral standards. It's not always about winning. It's not always about, but it's about doing things the right way, taking a stand and glorifying God because it's, it's tempting. And I'm in a sales job in a bank as well. And, and it's so tempting to try to bend the rules or maybe to try to get ahead to get your sales, but, you know, do it in a proper and, and, and right way. You know, I'm believing in the media that increasingly so, we're going to see an influence in the media for God that, you know, we're going to see UCB radio, any fans? Yeah. Anyone listen? Very few of us listen to UCB. Can I encourage you? Listen to UCB radio, great radio station. You know, I'm believing God's going to bless them financially, that that's going to grow, that we're going to support it, that we're going to see God, God's name being glorified in the media too, because that's a part of changing our world. You know, we as arena can do a lot. But when we gather together with other Christians and, and we, we support, um, you know, things that are happening in the media that God can see, uh, change, that we can see change in this world for God's glory. But also in the family, you know, that we will um, be examples of strong family units, that church will be effective in modeling this, this family uh, life and fa- strong family unit because that's what God has modeled in the Bible and encourages us to be. Um, you know, the, the, the media will tell you that a success of a society is based on the strength of family units, um, and it's so true. And we believe that this co- country and this world we live in, this town can benefit when there's strong families providing strong environments for kids to grow up in. Yeah, we want to change our world, don't we? We want to change our world, and we can do that through church, but we can do that as we scatter into every area um, of our lives. And so I just want to say to you today, if we can flick that, um, that scripture back up on the screen just really quickly. You know, the, the go and make disciples to all nations, it's sandwiched in between two verses, verse 18 and, uh, and 20. Verse 18 says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And then verse 20, um, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the earth. You see, all authority is his, but he also says he's with us. If you're anything like me, you probably feel inadequate to really change your world. It's not, it's not unique to you. It's probably each one of us looks and says, how can I ever change my world? But the truth is that God has all authority and that God is with us and God is on our sides. And, and the Bible, Bible tells countless stories of weak and inadequate individuals who aren't very promising according to the world's eyes, changing the world for God's glory because of the power of God in them. 
You know, I, I'm, I'm one of those. I'm one of those weak and, 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 and feeble and frail people. But I'm believing that God is on my side. He's going to strengthen. That I can change the world. Not because I'm talented. Not because of anything else. But because of the power of God in me. And so as we change our world, we should be inspired by the likes of Peter. An unschooled fisherman who, who changed the world. We should be inspired by the likes of Gideon who was, who was scared and hiding away in the face of, of, of a war. But God encouraged him to stand up with just a handful of people and to take a stand as a mighty general and defeat a mighty army because with God we can do so much. But just as we, as we conclude here, just a reminder of some of the things that I asked you this morning. Do we want change, first of all? Do we want change? We do. We want progressive change, not regressive change. We want to move with the times. We're believing that the future is going to be greater than the past, that what has been before is, is going to be eclipsed by what is to come. We want change. But if we want change, we need to be willing to go. I don't know where. Maybe not even out of your street, but certainly out of your comfort zone or your house. We need to be willing to go. We need to be willing to make disciples. Tell of God's goodness. Have hard conversations. Encourage people. Support people. But also we need to be willing to go to all nations. Not just our loved ones close by. But we need to go to the whole world. We need to... Even if we don't go physically like we have had some people go, we need to go in our minds. We need to go with our prayers. We need to go and we need to have our eyes on not just our circumstance, but the whole world. Because God wants to change the world. He wants to change the world and he wants us to be a part, part of that. Can I ask you just to bow your heads? You know, I don't know if you know Jesus and as your, your, your Lord and Savior. But I do know this. That he knows you and he sees you and he loves you. And you were formed with a plan and a purpose. He even knows the, and he even numbers the hairs on your head. You know, at Arena, we believe that God wants his message to be shared to the, to the whole world. And, and we never tire of saying, of talking of the goodness of God. We never tire of sharing his love for you and the fact that he died on the cross for your sins. That even though you're not perfect, he, he took the punishment that you deserved. And, and you know, if you're here today and you say, I can't do it on my own, but I need Jesus. Then I want you to raise your hand you don't know Jesus, but you say, I, I want to come into a relationship with Jesus. Let me give you an opportunity this morning. Anyone at all?